raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, ESPN, ESPN.com. Stephen Holder, he does join us. So, nine out of ten times I suggested that Jacksonville would, would win that game. It just seemed like that once Jacksonville, as I mentioned earlier, Stephen, dictated those terms, the Colts kept beating their head against the wall with things they're incapable of doing. How problematic is that moving forward with Gardner Minshew and this offense is the way that that game went down defensively for Jacksonville yesterday? Because if people didn't already know, they sure as hell would know right now future matchups with the Colts-wise. Yeah, I, I think in the couple of games that Gardner Minshew has started, you have seen a very clear defensive approach from the opponent. You saw it against Baltimore. You saw what they did. They pressured him, and they – I mean, they do that anyway. But they knew that that he's not great at escaping pressure, so they sent those blitzes. They never picked them up, and it was a problem throughout the day. They had to kick five – you know, thousand yard field goals to to win that game. <laughs> so that was very clear. I think yesterday in Jacksonville, there was also a very clear approach uh, by the Jaguars. And it was basically, look, we're going to pack in the front and we're not going to let you run it. And so the Colts did the right thing. So I don't get it. I don't necessarily have a problem when you say dictating terms now that they are dictating the terms. That's true. However, when it's so decisive, you have to take what they give you. And if you got seven men right in your face, the, the worst thing you can do is run the ball in that scenario, right? So you got to take what they give you. And, and the Colts knew it was coming. That's why their first possession was basically scripted to just throw the ball repeatedly. I think they threw it, I don't know, uh, maybe 14 times in on the first quarter or something. So, you know, they they came out anticipating this, and they were right because the Jaguars had done it before. What I'd say is that they did the right thing. The problem is you've got to be able to count on your quarterback not to screw it up. And ultimately, with three turnovers, that's screwing it up. And and the Colts did try to run, and it just didn't get them anywhere when they did. I know it wasn't enough for some people, but I'm just telling you, uh, it, it wasn't going anywhere in those opportunities they did take to run. So – in the end, you're down 31-6 at some point. You know, it's going to be basically pass, pass, pass at that anyway. So, anyway, I, I don't know, man. It, they've got to figure out a way to to play around Gardner Minshew. I hate to say it because this is what teams are going to do to him. So, Stephen Holder of ESPN, I, I'm one of those that wish they would at least take in a couple of other opportunities to run it. Um, and it probably still would have failed, um, as all the other points seemingly it did. But it just, to me, they went nine for nine in that first drive. And, you know, they were throwing all those short passes. And as soon as Jacksonville stepped up and took that away, his ball game. Because they have no, no other options. And you mentioned trying to work around Gardner Minshew. I, twofold here for me. I don't know how you're going to do that with the personnel <laughs> yeah. on this team. And then I don't know how you're going to do that if the Gardner Minshew that shows up yaks it up three times in interceptions and then fumbles once. 
I, and, and I don't know how other teams don't look at that and go, okay, well, until they find a different way to do things here, this is exactly how this is going to be played. Yeah, I, I think the turnovers really is, are the key here. I, I mean, we're talking about Gardner Minshew in, these, in sort of this, this grand um, global way that we're talking about him. But I think what we should be doing is talking about the turnovers because there were 17 points off the turnovers. They scored, excuse me, they scored off of each one of them, if I'm not mistaken. So yep. that's the game, honestly. And that's because, the margin you know, of victory, too, by the way, too. So, yeah. so you know. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the sacks fumble, that gave them a short field, so the defense is at a disadvantage. And so I think right there they score pretty quickly, and then they turned around and scored again in short order after that, and that's when it starts to spiral out of control on you. You can't have Gardner Minshew playing from behind I mean, I know there were times in, in uh, Baltimore, excuse me, when when that was the case, but you also got some stellar defensive plays that were just huge. And to be completely honest, uh, Lamar Jackson played into their hands in that game at times. You know, that just is what it is. You got to have some help sometimes. And so in this case, for the most part, Trevor Lawrence, you know, just kind of let it come to him and didn't give him much to work with. He had the one pick, but other than that, I mean, he, the, the, the Jaguars said, all right, we're not going to force it. We're going to let our, our defense make it hard on them and, and make Gardner Minshew make the inevitable mistakes. And their game plan worked to perfection. Now, that won't work every week if the quarterback doesn't make the mistakes, but, but they were counting on him doing that, and it, it paid off for them. So I think to, to answer your question, how do they do it, I think they have to – well, Gardner Minshew just can't make the mistakes. That's the first thing. Uh, and then secondly, they got to call some turnovers of their own. That's the other thing. They, they have to kind of shift. The defense is going to have to shift things a little bit and put the advantage back in their hands. Because if you're playing with Gardner Minshew and you're giving him the advantage of, of the turnover battle, if he doesn't turn it over and you're giving him takeaways, now you have something to work with. But I just think when, when you lose a turnover battle and your, your defense isn't really coming up with a lot of huge plays, even though they were fine, just not great, uh, I don't think that's going to be enough. So Stephen Holder's with us. Uh, concussion protocol for Kylan Granson. I mean, he's a guy that, that can give you options and an opportunity. Injury situation for Alec Pierce. It seems like we're moving in the direction where you, you hope to have some weapons and maybe do something different if you're Gardner Minshew in this offense. But, you know, already you have this lack of, of you know, a, a higher level uh, skill position talent, and it dwindles via injuries and concussion protocols we move forward here. Well, I'll say that depth was always my – my concern about this team, uh, particularly on offense. And I, do, I would say on offense and in the secondary. And the depth has been tested at both of those spots, frankly. <laughs> you know, and, and so here we are. So I guess we shouldn't be surprised that this is creating a problem. And look, I mean, wide receiver in particular, I don't know Alec Pierce's status. We don't really know where he stands. Uh, that was a pretty painful injury. He was having a hard time with it in the locker room yesterday when I – when I talked to him, I mean, he, he indicated that he didn't think it was too bad, but, you know, players always are optimistic. So I guess we'll see. But anyhow, uh, they, they don't have a ton of depth at wide receiver. And we knew that coming in. I think 
what they have done at wide receiver so far has been adequate. Pittman, Downs, and and I think at times, at times, Alec Pierce. I know people are down on him to some degree, but he has stepped up at times. And so that has been adequate. But now when you take one of those guys out of the equation, now I feel very pessimistic about it <laughs> because you need you need all three. They all have a role. They all have a very specific role. If you take one of them out, well, and that's the one guy you have to worry about beating you down the field is Alec Pierce. So you take that away, that changes the complexion of things. So, you know, tight end, they do have better depth. So we'll see what happens with Granson. I'm not as as concerned about that in the in the grand scheme, although I do think he is key to their their offense. But uh, but they can at least weather it there. But wide receiver, not feeling great about that. Stephen Older's with us. Do you think that the, the reason why that they looked really good in the first three quarters in week number one against Jacksonville, and you can make the argument that they were the better team in those first three quarters, was that all about you know, new season game one and a combination of having to deal with with Anthony Richardson, of which you didn't have that on Sunday. Is that, I guess, is that a big example of the effect that he has? And when you take that away, just the effect that other teams defensively don't have to deal with. Yeah, look, I mean, having Anthony Richardson early this season was always going to be, in the Colts' mind, in their minds collectively, that was always their biggest advantage not just because of Anthony Richardson, the player, but because of what he enabled them to do. They had some element of surprise. They had all kinds of wrinkles that they could throw out there. Uh, There were probably things, I'm sure, there are things that we had not seen from Shane Steichen with Anthony Richardson yet because they hadn't got to it yet. I mean, he hadn't played that much. And and you're always holding back, you know, sort of your, your wild card type of plays. And I'm sure there are many such plays that we just hadn't seen yet because they hadn't had a chance. And so those are now eliminated for you. You know, you can't run those. You, you've got to run a, a much more conventional offense. I mean, look at how much more pre-snap motion and, and I'm not talking just regular pre-snap motion. I'm talking about, you know, some of that swinging gate motion you see with, with, uh, with downs and different, things like that. You see all those things, uh, all that window dressing with Anthony Richardson, because it plays into what they do with Anthony Richardson. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Here with Gardner Minshew, it doesn't have the same effect. You can run those motions and you can have all this window dressing, but ultimately uh, the quarterback's not going to be, he's not going to move very much. He's going to be generally pretty stationary. And a lot of that is dependent on the quarterback moving around, moving the pocket, rolling out, quarterback run, whatever it is. And all that stuff is, I don't want to say completely off the table, but it's, it's largely eliminated now. So it, to, to answer your question, it just it, you're calling a completely different game because your quarterback is like one of them is from like Saturn and the other one's from like Mercury. They're completely different guys, like could not be more different. Stephen Older of ESPN's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. All right, so what's your thought on the probability that we see Anthony Richardson again this year or the option here that's going to be taken by the Colts and Richardson is to opt for surgery that will end his season? I I had said in the press box, and and who knows, at that time when he got injured, I thought, 
And I, I was actually telling people, and I was talking to you as well, about how this reeks of a situation to where, you know, they're going to take time, four-week window on IR, and then decide, hey, we're going to go ahead and opt for a surgery that will end his season. Where are you with that in mind as far as that decision, which is looming here for the Colts and their rookie quarterback? Well, first off, I mean, as of yesterday, I talked to people at the game yesterday, and everything we knew from earlier in the week, and I know there were reports yesterday, the truth is nothing's changed. Literally nothing has changed. Everything that was reported we already knew because, as you just outlined, right, they were already weighing all of these options. Shane Steichen said it last week. He, he said surgery is an option. Um, him being out for the season is an option. I mean, they, they don't know. And really, here's how this is going to work. And I don't know when the, what the timeline for a decision is. I can't say that. But, but what they're doing is two things. If you allow some time, you can kind of see how the healing is progressing. Uh, he can maybe start some rehab, and, and you can see whether it's taking effect. I mean, I, I won't go any further than that medically because I don't know enough. But it at least gives you – a better picture of what's happening and you can make a more informed decision. And so I don't think there's any rush. I mean, if he, if he does undergo the surgery, it does sound like if that's season ending, you know, there's no need for him to rush out and do it tomorrow. Uh, you know, I think it's, let's, let's make sure we have all the information, take our time and do this right. But I will tell you this, they're not rushing this kid back into the lineup for the sake of this season. And that's not about tanking. It's not about any, any of that. It's about what this franchise has been through in the past. Very, very frankly, it's about that. And you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about number 12. Yeah. yeah. It, it really is. I mean, and I'm not suggesting that they screwed up the last time. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is the way it played out with Andrew Luck, you can't help but question the decisions that you made. So this time, <laughs> you need to make sure that you make the right decisions. I mean, this is not hard. And this is, this is true of anything in life. So they, they cannot screw this up. They know that. There's too much on the line. And, and I think everybody from Shane Steichen to Jim Irsay understands that. As much as they want to see this kid on the, on the field this season, it ain't worth it. You know, get it right if that's what it takes. And we'll start this again next year if we have to. What do you think the level of thought is that there there really is, Stephen, an option that he gets back? Whether you're talking about after a four-week basis, you know, three more games, or, you know, after the bye week, which comes after Frankfurt, Germany, I guess. What, is, that, is that really – they believe that he can come back and, and play again and play throughout the season? Or what, what do you think – if there is a lean, where might you think, in your opinion, that lean would be? It's, it's, I would say it's impossible to say, but uh, here's what I'd say. If he does come back, and, and that will be dependent on, you know, on, on how, he's, how he's recovering, right? If he does come back, they will be extremely conservative on the timeline for the same reasons I just outlined. And let's, let's go back and talk about Andrew Luck for a second. Andrew Luck and the team collectively after the 2015 injury, they collectively decided we're not going to do surgery after the 2015 season. Now, Andrew Luck will tell you that it was his decision. It was a collective decision, but I mean, it's his body. So, okay, fine. 
Now, the, the decision was we're going to rehab really hard and be ready for 2016. The problem with that, now, he played, he played okay in 2016. The problem with that was physically he was just beaten up. It was so hard for him to function. If you recall, he was practicing on a limited basis in 2016 because the wear and tear, uh, there was pain in the, in the shoulder. His throwing motion was all jacked up because he was compensating for the pain. It was, it was a disaster. So all of that traces back to the, the decision to not do surgery after 2015. Again, I'm not blaming anybody. I ain't naming names. It doesn't matter. That's what happened. Okay. And so my point is, I think it was a very pivotal moment in franchise history because then he has to go back and have the surgery after 2016. And then we know what happened in 2017. So, so instead of one season being impacted, three seasons were more or less impacted by that injury. You know what I mean? So, so if you apply that here, I think whatever, whatever gives you the optimum result in the end is what they have to do and what they will do. And Stephen Holder of ESPN and ESPN.com covers the Colts. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. And then you get past this Jacksonville game and you bring in what the best defense going into this past weekend, I believe. And maybe that's holding true. And the Jim Swartz led as defensive coordinator, Cleveland Browns. Oh, by the way, coming off a major upset yesterday at home against the previously unbeaten San Francisco 49ers. And oh, by the way, maybe return to the field of Deshaun Watson. I don't know if I have any, oh, by the ways remaining here. Are there anything else I'm missing regarding this matchup this weekend? Um, I, oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, if I'm looking for the stat right now, and I, of course I can't find it, but oh, yeah. by the way, they have given up, oh, here it is, 1,002 yards, which yeah. is the third fewest by a team in five games since the NFL merger. So everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, they, they are a great defense. They really are. I mean, to go beat that team yesterday without your starting quarterback, I mean, what more is there to say? I know that, that San Francisco lost a couple of guys in the game. Obviously, they're, they're very key players, and, and I get all that. But, listen, <laughs> you go in there and you, you play without your starting quarterback, I mean, I think – that's that pretty much evens it out, wouldn't you say? And um, and and not only do you limit them, you you really shut them down. I mean, that is just astounding. Okay, astounding. So it, it's going to be tough. I mean, <laughs> you talk about the Jaguars being stubborn on defense yesterday. I mean, well, here's the thing: the, the Jaguars secondary isn't even really all that. Okay, the the Browns secondary is actually really good. <laughs> so <laughs> you've got that front that they have. And then you, you couple that with, with the secondary that they have. It's not as if, well, if they're, if they're stopping the run up front, well, you know, maybe we can make some plays down the field. No, no, no. Those guys are really good too. So I don't have any more by the ways, but um, I don't think we need yeah. more. Yeah. It just kind of seems like you, you hit this thing at a really, really bad moment. Is yeah. this schedule with Gardner Menchu? And we, we, I look at it, I've called it, you know, it's worthy of being competitive the rest of the way out. You should be yeah. competitive to win games. How much has that taken a hit by what we witnessed yesterday 
and really kind of you know Gardner Minshew that was you know uncharacteristically making a myriad of mistakes the way this team looks right now how much of that is taken away without Anthony Richardson a part of this I mean it's a it's a week-to-week league and our our impressions of teams do change week to week you know we're human but I also think people understand the context here and and the context is that look I, I don't I'm trying to be trying to be gentle with how I say this, but look, I'm look, I was, I was kind of ready for, for Gardner Minshew to step up and I'd be, I'd be here for that. You know, I, I would, I'd love to see it. Right. But I think ultimately in the back of our heads, we probably knew who Gardner Minshew was and is he has done a great job for himself. Okay. Prior to, to yesterday, Generally, he, he has he has stepped up. He has he has uh, been right there when they needed him. No question about it. But he is limited. He is very limited. And ultimately, no one considered him as a starter this year. No one really has considered him as a starter the last couple of years because they see him as a backup. And and he got a three million dollar contract to come here and be basically a rookie's backup, essentially. So, I mean, that, that's kind of putting it in context. Now, that being said, if, if the opportunity is there and he, he can make you pay, but, you know, you're, you're going to have to help him a little bit, you know, to, to, really, to really make that happen. And I don't know, a team like the Browns isn't going to do that. So I, I guess what I'm saying is like, yes, the schedule is manageable. Yeah, they, they probably have a little higher talent level, the Colts, than we gave them credit for. But I also think we, I think they were also playing a little bit over their heads the last few weeks. And Gardner Minshew certainly was playing over his head at times and water tends to find its level. So that might be where we're going. I don't know. We'll see. Is there any frustration in the locker room that you witnessed yesterday in Jacksonville after the game? No, I, I, the only thing I would say is that, I'd say a couple things. Number one, Minshew really did have a lot of belief from that locker room. I'm not saying it's changed, no, but it, I would agree it with was, you. No, you're right about that. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they really believed in him. I mean, I talked about this with KB the other day in the morning. Like having a backup you don't believe in is is the worst feeling. You know, because so you go out there and you're saying to yourself in pregame, you're putting on a smile, but you're saying to yourself in pregame, we got no shot. I'm about to get my head beaten for 60 minutes and we got no shot. That sucks, man. Okay. Well, they weren't feeling that way. And I'm not suggesting they are now, but, but ultimately the belief in Minshew was based on how he had performed. So now that he, he hasn't, now that he, he's coming off a performance that's not as good, you know, can he continue to engender that confidence from the rest of that team? That's what I want to see. I don't know. The other possible if you ask me about frustration the other reality they're dealing with is that even though they believe in Minshew Anthony Richardson it's not just his talent there's just something about him I think he just there's a belief there that that you can't measure and I mean guys like guys like DeForest Buckner who've been in this league a long time you know made you know tens of millions of dollars I mean he's got those guys in the palm of his hand you know, Anthony Richardson. And 
to see him not out there, you know, that, that that's a that's a punch to the gut, man. There's no doubt about that. Absolute gut gut punch. And they just they, how do you find that confidence that he brought? How do they find that? Where do they go for that? I don't know. It's uh, Stephen Holder of ESPN. Hey, Stephen, I got to run early today because of Pacer hoops later on tonight. But thank you so much for coming on. A great perspective from being down there yesterday. We'll do it again next week. All right, you got it. Ain't Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.